Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Chris Mills. Thanks for being on the show, Chris. Great to be here, Whitney. Thank you. Passion is an understatement when it comes to Christopher Mills and his desire to help families and family-owned businesses plan and execute their financial goals. Chris has over 15 years of real estate experience as an investor and has experience as a loan originator, property manager, and an agent. Currently, he does retirement planning for real estate investors and specializes in alternative investments. Chris, welcome to the show. It's such a great topic. I like it when talking to specialists like yourself. And it's neat that you are an investor and that you help investors specifically about retirement planning. So welcome to the show. Why don't you give us a little more about yourself and your real estate background and and your focus right now in how you can help the listener? Sure. So yeah, I've been investing for a while. My main focus has always been buy and hold. I've done a couple flips and things of that nature, but my meat and potatoes has always been buy and hold, single family and multifamily. I started a property management company once my portfolio got to the size where it made sense to do that. And then that property management company, I kind of expanded and just allowed other folks to use my services and they liked how I worked and liked what I did. So they were kind of asking, Hey, can you manage my out of state properties? And I'm in the DC area. So I was, my main experience was DC, Maryland and Virginia. And around that time, it was a lot easier to make money, you know, when the market is at a, a certain level. Then I had to go out of state and we all went out of state. So my property management company kind of became a, an asset management company essentially managing property managers and stuff around the country. And I kind of tried to retire or slow down at one point, move out of the city, move out to the country and still living out here, still love it. But I picked things back up again. And now instead of helping from a, a wholesaling and logistics type support, I got licensed in financial services. One thing led to another through relationships and joined up with a, a friend's family firm, a longtime friend, and we just kind of joined forces after I got licensed. And now I help investors plan their retirement, execute their retirement, supplement their holdings with either their liquidity needs or passive investments, things of that nature. So yeah, just trying to be as helpful as I possibly can. <laughs> Nice. You know, let's jump into that. Can you give us like your ideal client, that real estate investor that you help or that family that you help and maybe work through some scenarios that you help people with? Sure. So some of my specialties, again, involve liquidity and kind of going from active to passive. So I help a lot of investors retire, essentially. So going from there's a vehicle that the IRS has blessed to be replacement property in a 1031 exchange. So DST or Delaware Statutory Trust, if you are selling a property and you 1031 and you don't want to go into another active management situation, there's a security that you can do through a, a financial specialist like myself to 
invest in a single property or a whole portfolio. You can diversify. There's a lot of great things, but you essentially sit back and collect checks, but you have the, all the benefits of a 1031 exchange. Along with that, we map out a, a plan for you. So that's more of a transactional thing that, that I do, but we can also do more of the traditional financial advisor client relationship where we map out a plan, monitor the plan going forward. Because a lot of real estate investors, the way we found real estate is that we love the control, right? We love controlling our destiny. We know how much better it is than a lot of other traditional financial planning models. But at the same time, it's not enough to just kind of, okay, great, I'm in real estate, I'll be fine. It's not necessarily the case, right? Having a plan is always better than than not. So having a plan is always better than not. I like that for sure. You have to have a plan, right? And and sometimes having somebody like yourself that gets to see and help so many other people, I mean, it, it seems so clear to you and to us, it seems so complicated, right? Having that extra set of eyes is, is so crucial. So yeah, you know, you mentioned numerous things there. I mean, just like the liquidity or going from active to passive and, and helping people retire. And then it, just the, the vehicle of the 1031 and the Delaware Statutory Trust, great things for just a listener know that those items are out there, you know, or be considering uh, researching those things so you can, they know or aware that maybe that's something they need uh, in their portfolio. But let's back up a little bit and talk about like going from active to passive. What's some way you help people think through that? Or when is it time to do that? Sure. So it's, it's definitely case by case. You'll find whenever you talk to specialists like financial advisors, attorneys, etc., you ask a blanket question and they always say it depends, right? <laughs> so yeah, on a case-by-case basis, some people may want to take a break, right? You can go from active to passive and then back to active, or you can just be in a retirement scenario, right? It, so it all depends. And it also depends on what your holdings are, how long you've had them. For example, how much depreciation you've taken may change your tax scenario, things of that nature how aggressive you've been, and your your risk tolerance, right? So some people are just kind of tired of, of taking the hits that some of us take when we're active investors too. So it all depends. And you can get into certain income funds or things of that nature. You can get syndicators. So you can get... There's vehicles like that where it's not necessarily a security. You get with someone who, who knows what they're doing and, and they can kind of take the reins for you. Yeah, there's a whole, a whole lot of, of options and what percentages you put where, what we call asset allocation, right? That also depends on, on your future goals and how close you are to achieving those goals or how close you are to retirement. Or if you're super young and you want to still have at least one hand on the wheel, so to speak, you can do that too. So it looks different for every person, but there's a whole lot of, of options out there for sure. What are just some like commonly overlooked issues that you, you see people have that have, let's say they've been in real estate for a while, maybe they're making this transition or looking to make the transition at some point, but just some things that they, they don't know to even look for in their portfolio or just their investing future. What are some things you've seen? Sure. So the biggest thing that we see is we fall in love with real estate and we kind of work our job and hopefully, you know, not make a jump too soon, but you take every spare dollar you have and you throw it into growing your portfolio, right? Then you wake up one day and you're real estate rich, cash poor, right? You haven't paid attention to liquidity. 
you've got a great portfolio, but what happens if your property manager calls you and says, Hey, we need to replace 10 water heaters. That money's got to come from somewhere, right? So keeping an eye on liquidity and insurance asset protection strategies, those are probably the biggest ones. I'm not, I'm not a CPA. I'm not a, an attorney. I'll throw that out there, but. But having these people on your team are really, really crucial. Having somebody watch your back, even if you do want to do everything yourself, is really, really crucial. We all have blind spots. So paying attention to your blind spots and CYA strategies, so to speak, those are, um, those are probably the biggest pitfalls that I've seen people fall into is, is not having one of those things in place. I've met numerous investors who've talked about either being in that position now or have been at one time and learned that, you know, being real estate rich and cash poor is not a good place to be. And what's your advice on is there a certain percentage or is there a certain way to think through that or how much cash we should have on hand as an investor or ways you help with that? Sure. So different people have different strategies when it comes to just reserves, right? Sure. I would always suggest to be conservative and just Pad that a little more than you think, right? Because especially if you're newer, if you're on the front end, right? That means you need all the more cash because some of us who've been in the game for a while, we've taken our lumps. We know what more to look for. Whereas if you, if you know you're on the greener side, you want to pad it even more because you don't know what you don't know. Be well insured. You know, some of us cringe when we look at insurance and things of that nature. And, oh, do I really need to pay for this? Could this really happen? That policy came from somewhere. I think, yeah, having a mentor is also a great, a great thing. Just having someone watching your back, whether it's a specialist or just someone who's a little farther down the road from you. That's another, another great thing too. What about, you know, when you said like helping investors retire, when are they ready to retire? And as an investor, what, what does that really mean? Sure. So I like working with investors because real estate investors, because they already agree with my philosophy, which is not popular in the financial services industry. A lot of people will just kind of build up that nest egg that you hear about, the proverbial number that you need to reach to retire. I don't really believe in that quote unquote, right? I think building streams of income versus building a nest egg is a far greater philosophy. And what your income needs to be is really up to you. Like you can look at your lifestyle now, how far away you are from retirement. What do you want your retirement to look like? Are you still going to live in the city or region that you're living in now? Are you going to move somewhere where cost of living is a little lower? If you're 30 years away, you know, what's inflation going to look like between now and then? Another thing to keep in mind is that as a lot of us age, our needs actually increase if we're going to be in a home and not living with our kids. If we're going to have those medical bills that we don't have now, that's going to be future needs that you need to plan for. So having that plan, right? Just having someone who can look through all those light items and say, Hey, have you considered this? Have you thought about this? Another thing is taxes, right? Taxes. We have no idea what this is going to look like between now and future administrations, things of that nature, tax laws can change between now and then taxes may go up. You know, this year alone, we're spending money a trillion dollars a clip. So what's that really going to look like between now and when you and I retire, right? With me, I mean, we have to plan for that one way or another. So taxes might go up. If you have kids, 
or other things that are taking down your tax bill now, you can say, oh, well, my taxes are here. They'll probably stay here. Well, that's not necessarily true, right? A lot of these line items that that you are taking down your taxes with, they won't necessarily be there. If your kids are out of the home, you can't write them off anymore. So all these things that some people may or may not consider go into that plan. And it can be kind of complicated, but doesn't really have to be like you, you can work with a specialist that can simplify things for you. I'm glad you like listed off a few things there, but anything else that should go into that plan that maybe people overlook or that you could highlight? If you want to support your kids or grandkids, different families have different philosophies. So I work with families and organizations and some people or organizations or people might want to support their kids, put their grandkids through college. These are our goals that you can set in addition to your retirement. We can also, if you're on the younger side, you can say, hey, I've got a handful of investments now, but I want to put money away to make some really big purchases in my 50s, so to speak. And that'll be my retirement plan, right? You can also go the philanthropy route, right? Plan to to give all your stuff away, but not give too much. What does that really look like? How can you plan for that? Covering certain goals as far as giving is always a good thing. I'm a big fan of it. So these can also be built into that plan. It doesn't have to be all about you, so to speak. It can be about your future generations. I wrote a a chapter in a book called The Century Plan or the chapter is called The Century Plan. So instead of planning for a retirement of 30, 40 years, I actually challenge people to plan for 100 years. Right. So, yes, you're going to be long gone. Like you're not going to be retired for a hundred years, but the things you're doing now can and will affect your children, your grandchildren, their children. If you're an organization or a company, the legacy of that organization can live on for another century. It doesn't have to end with you. Great advice. Doesn't have to end with you. It's great to think that way. Can you provide any? thoughts you have on say what's going to happen in the next 6 to 12 months in the just the real estate market? You know, it's tricky. Depends on your region. As you know, there's, there's no national singular market, right? Different markets are going to ride COVID out in different ways. But I think generally speaking, between now and 6 to 12 months from now, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. It's not going to be across the board like some people may think. But I do believe there are going to be a lot of opportunities once these moratoriums lift. How will the banks react to cities where rent hasn't had to be paid this whole year practically? That's going to affect different landlords different ways. If you're an over-leveraged landlord, you're in big trouble right now. How kind is your bank going to be to you or not? Are they going to give you grace or not? That's going to either create opportunities or a bloodbath, depending on how you look at it, or we might write it out just fine. If the government or someone else steps in to kind of help people who are in that position. Another thing is I would encourage people who are buying and and taking opportunities, taking advantage of opportunities in the next 6 to 12 months, I would say be very, very cautious in how you buy because we don't know the future waves or ramifications, right? Money could get very, very expensive over the next 24, 36 months after this, right? So if you are buying now and expecting to be out of a deal 
in three or four years on the, on the more aggressive end, money could be a whole lot more expensive. So you could have planned for various exit cap rates or whatever, but if your future buyers can't get money or money is a whole lot more expensive for them, that's going to change your numbers a great deal. And you might not be in the situation you thought you were on the tail end of that deal. So I would, I would encourage, yes, take advantage of opportunities if you see them, but be very, very careful and, and think it all the way through. Chris, I believe anyone that's has success in business must have a high level of self-discipline. And how did you gain a high level of self-discipline? Both emulating people and you know people I looked up to, people who are farther down the road than I am, and out of necessity, right? Once you get the ball rolling in any business or investments, if people are trusting you with money, especially, you don't have a choice but to be disciplined. You're letting them down. You're letting yourself down. You're letting the future generation, your kids down. Yeah. I mean, it's for me, it's it's really been out of necessity. I've been entrepreneurial for a long time. And you find out very, very quickly that unless you're super on point, dotting every I, crossing every T, you're going to be dropping the ball and it, and it gets more and more expensive the higher the stakes get. So, What about a couple of daily habits that you have that you're very disciplined about that have contributed to your success? Sure. Starting my morning has been... Starting it right has been super tough. <laughs> I've never been a morning person, but I know the importance of starting my day right. Mm-hmm. Starting with reading, prayer, meditation, some sort of exercise, getting the blood flowing, whether it's it's hard to for me to actually run and, and things of that nature in the morning. But even if it's just yoga and some push-ups or something to get the blood flowing, starting with a good attitude, right? Getting in a, in a good headspace to start the day right. It's super important because one, it affects the rest of your day. It affects your productivity. And two, things happen, right? If kids are going crazy or you get some explosion of an email in your inbox as soon as you open it, that can affect your day and how you react to those things or respond, I should say, to those things instead of reacting. That has a ripple effect that affects your business, affects your life and affects, you know, even who you are as a person. So it's really, really important. And if it's difficult for you, like it is for me, it doesn't matter. You got to just suck it up and do it. Hmm. What's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Oh, man, I'd say being nimble and flexible. As a planner, it can be difficult for me at times to to know when to pivot, right? But for example, recently with the COVID thing, dealing in inve- alternative investments and large amounts of money and a lot of people that I deal with are, are pretty old school and, and old money. So they want to look you in the eye and shake your hand. And going virtual was was really, really tough when we were forced to, when we're on lockdown and I can't drive around and have these meetings anymore. Going virtual and digital was tough, but I had to. I started a podcast just to be able to kind of be out there and, and still talking to people and all these things. But it's not really my thing. I've never wanted to be on camera and putting myself out there. I've, I've never been the guy to self-promote, right? I've always been the guy who's in the background, very content, making things go and and having the responsibility and making other people rich, but not not necessarily just, again, self-promoting and I'm so great and all that stuff. But having to, to, to be out there and talking about myself and introducing myself is a pivot that I just had to make. So it's really different 
being, you know, across a screen from somebody instead of across a table. But it's one thing that I've had to do. So being nimble, knowing when to pivot. Yeah, I'd say that's the biggest change. What's your best source for meeting new investors right now? Talking to a lot of different people on podcasts has been great. LinkedIn has been really good. Other relationships, when you're trustworthy, good at what you do, when you're providing value to other people, I find, and not being selfish about it, you get introduced. So I think that's been the been best is when someone can say, hey, I've worked with Chris or I've known Chris, you should talk to him. That's that's kind of what it works best and, and it feels better than again, me having to say, I'm so great, you know? For sure. <laughs> What's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? Relationships, hands down relationships. Yeah. Some of my best investments have been just out of phone calls or an email. Hey, Chris, I've got this opportunity. Are you interested? Or are you any of your clients interested? I'll raise my hand and say, yeah, I'll take a couple. You know, <laughs> Relationships have, again, just relationships open doors. And, and when introductions or deals come with from, from relationships, you know, I'll trust or look more seriously at a deal that I get through relationship than through some kind of sales brochure or something. So, How do you like to give back? Historically, through through my time, I've mentored kids. I've spent a lot of time volunteering at my church in various ways. So volunteering my time and, and really rolling up my sleeves and keeping my hands dirty and putting my hands to the plow, so to speak, has always been my favorite. Nice. Chris, I'm grateful for your time, the way you've given back to us today and just helping us think through some financial planning issues that may not always be on the forefront. I mean, whether it's going from active to passive or just helping us think through a retirement plan of some kind or is 1031 an option and and just commonly overlooked issues or being real estate rich and cash poor. And that is a that becomes a more common problem, it seems, as more people get into the business and then start investing a lot more, uh, thinking about having those reserves. Very important. Yeah. And even building better streams of income than a nest egg. I appreciate you just elaborating on that and just grateful for your time. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Sure. So my email is cmills at thehaneycompany.com. I'm real responsive by that. Or you can reach me through my website, auditmyrealestate.com or thehaneycompany.com. Or uh, yeah, find me on LinkedIn. MRCD Mills or Christopher Mills on LinkedIn. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.